Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Monday edition of the show, and let's go. We are just a couple of days away from opening day with the St. Louis Cardinals. Their roster is set, barring an injury today as they wrap up uh, spring training and then head to Cincinnati. But the roster was announced this weekend. We're going to dive into that. Jim Hayes of Fox Sports Midwest will be our guest. And that is BK. I'm Danny Mack. Tanner is with us. BK, uh, good morning. Hope you uh, had a great weekend. I did, Dan. It's good to see you. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm excited for baseball. I think this is now the finality of spring training. It was kind of dragging on a little bit. Um, so I'm ready. I'm ready to see what the Cardinals have in 2021. I think it's a good team. It's not a great team. It has a chance to be great. We'll see how the pitching unfolds. Uh, throughout the season. I do think their bullpen has a chance to be exceptional, which is how they're going to win some games. Still concerned about the offense, but Arenado changes that. But this is kind of the team, you know, you were asking me about who I thought. Randy asked me who I thought a couple of weeks ago, and I gave basically this roster. I did not have Dean on my roster, but until the Bader injury, it changed a lot of things. And so probably those last roster spots come down to John Nagowski, who undoubtedly earned his way on this team and Austin Dean started putting some really good at bats together by the end of uh, spring. So the roster is set. Let's go through it. You got Flaherty, Wainwright, Martinez, Daniel Ponce de Leon, John Gant in your starting rotation, your bullpen really good. Reyes, Hicks, Miller, Webb, Gallegos, Cabrera, Helsley. I like Woodford. I thought it might be Cody Whitley, but Woodford is giving them some really good innings here at the end. He's been more aggressive in the strike zone. So I like that addition as well. Whitley did not look good over the weekend. The catchers are Yadier Molina, Andrew Kisner, the infielders, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, Edmundo Sosa, out of options, not a great camp, but makes this team John Nagowski. So that's a look at your roster. The one I want to get into, Mike Schilt talked about what it was like telling a guy that has fought for so long, John Nagowski, that he indeed is part of the major league team. Um, you know, that's one of the best parts of the job, you know, be able to share and um, reward somebody for their sacrifice, dedication, and commitment to doing exactly what they set out to do. And, and you know, Nagowski was clear. He was on a mission to make this team. And what's, what's it like to share with him? It's, it's, it's fantastic. And- yeah, and John Nagowski, you know what? All he did was hit this spring training, and Mike Schilt watched that day in and day out. You know, we looked up and realized, I mean, this guy can have a good at bat pretty much against anybody we're going to see, including guys at the end with, with some hop on their ball. So we felt good about him last year, and he was a little bit odd man out. He, uh, he more than earned his spot this year. More than earned his spot. BK, it's like Christmas morning for you. You've been wanting the Nog father on this team. Well, you got it. He earned it. Yep. And, Dan, I don't know how many times Mike Schultz said the word competition. Um, he said the word compete this spring training. He kept his word. The Cardinals kept their word. They said all along that this was going to be an open competition for the last spots on the roster, and it was. Lane Thomas, I think, is the single biggest surprise to not make this team. Because coming into camp, especially if you had told me at the beginning of camp, hey, Harrison Bader will not start opening day on the big league roster, whether because of injury or whatever other reason, right? 
I would have told you, okay, then going into the year, you're going to see an outfield of Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill, and Dylan Carlson. That will be your starting trio. For him not even to make the club, despite the fact that they are bringing five outfielders into four outfielders into camp, uh, that's stunning. That yeah. is stunning to me. And he got off to a good start. It was it was he along with O'Neill that I thought were really you know setting the tone for this competition with O'Neill having the inside track. And I was going to put Bader as kind of a given. Like there, no matter what kind of camp Bader was going to have, he was going to be the guy. And then in Dil, uh, Dylan Carlson would be in right. So I, I thought that would be the direction that they go. But you know, to your point, Lane Thomas hot start and then just did not hit. Eight for 37, five runs batted in, had a couple of doubles, 13 strikeouts. That's a problem. I thought going back on balls in center field, he struggled on that. Uh, The other thing is it's not going to cut it. So that's a 216 average. And everybody says, well, you know, what are we really looking at in in baseball? OPS, slugging, that kind of thing, on-base percentage. He had a 250 on-base percentage, 270 slug, and that wasn't going to cut it. So the other surprise for me was Cody Whitley. Whitley, to me, had a really good camp up until the very end. And I I did the game on Saturday. I thought his velocity looked down a little bit. Now, could be wrong. Our guns, I'm not at the stadium. Sometimes the guns that you get on TV and the gun that you get on the the video board can be different. So I'm not seeing it in person. But he struggled with his command. He was getting hit. And if he doesn't have his command, he's not overpowering. He's not going to be able to allow you to trust him in those spots. I do trust him. It was one bad outing. I thought he wasn't great at the end of camp. But the difference is, is that you add a guy that gives you potential of long innings. Bingo. And that's what they need. They're going to need that swing guy. And so Jake Woodford is that guy. And it wouldn't surprise me, BK, depending on what happens with Michaelis and depending on what happens with Daniel Ponce de Leon. And I'll throw John Gann in there too. But that he is a part of the rotation maybe at some point or he is your pseudo six starter so when you have four off days in the month of april i was talking with some cardinal personnel about this last week they're going to treat those off days as like okay your spot's up you're off so we skipped you in the rotation or we may go with a yeah a spot a spot start so when you're trying to curtail innings, beginning of a season, and you're being careful with your pitching staff, who's the guy that could give you that? That's Jake Woodford. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I didn't. It's on me for not thinking about it, honestly, but they're going to need those innings to cover for Carlos, John Gant, and Daniel Ponce de Leon early in the year. You just don't know. Are they going to be able to go six, seven innings? I. The, the smart money would be on no. The smart money would be that they're probably going to give you closer to four or five early in the season. And until KK returns, only having two guys that I feel confident in going deep. Yeah, you probably want an extra long guy early in the season. And so going with Jake Woodford over Cody Whitley for that final spot when both of them had options, it makes a ton of sense for this team. And I, I'm mad at myself for not thinking more about that, going with Woodford over Whitley whenever we were having these conversations previously. I was telling it's you. It's a though, smart decision for the Cardinals. I was saying this stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. Anyway, you ready for a lineup today? Let's do it. What okay. do we got? All Is right. this a Sunday day game getaway game? No, that was yesterday. <laughs> that that had a lot of the non-regulars in there. This looks like a opening day lineup. I oh, really, nice. I, I do think it looks like the opening day lineup. So Tommy Edmund at second. Paul Goldschmidt batting second, playing first. Nolan Arenado batting third, playing third. Paul DeYoung will be at short, batting cleanup. Tyler O'Neill batting fifth. Yadier Molina catching sixth. Dylan Carlson is seventh in center. 
and Justin Williams in right field. Pitching today and batting is uh, Adam Wainwright. They're going to give Wainwright probably three innings and then get him out of there. You might see somebody come in and give them three innings as well um, just to get some work in before they uh, they literally head north to Cincinnati uh, today. I was talking to a buddy of mine from Cincinnati, by the way, the forecast for opening day. I said, man, it's going to be great. Looks like, you know, 50s and 60s for that week. And he goes, oh, no, that was last week. I, he said, when did you check it? I said, well, last week. He said, yeah. He said, we're thinking probably 35 opening day. That's, oh, my God. So really? I, need to, I need to check the weather <laughs> oh, again geez. to see exactly uh, what what is going on there. But can't yeah. be easy, man. It, no. We knew this wasn't going to be easy. No. So it's <laughs> going to be a little chilly, apparently, potentially um, coming up in uh, in Cincinnati on you think Thursday. think Justin Williams gets the first crack at it? I do. In right field? I do. I, I do. Especially with um, a right-hander on the mound in Castillo will be their opening day starter for the Reds, so I do. What would you think of him in spring? I thought he's better. Uh, if you would have asked me what his spring looked like last year, I would have said he's not a major league caliber player yet. Now, I would have said this just watching spring training. I didn't see him in the minor leagues. Now, I watch a lot of minor league baseball, mm-hmm. and I thought he looked better in the minor leagues. And so I say, well, why does he look better in the minor leagues? Well, it's minor league competition. He's done a couple of things, though, BK, this, uh, this particular camp that I noticed even from the beginning of camp, to what I'm watching now, it's really shortened his swing. Had a long swing, and his his swing is shortened up. And he's the one guy that they're looking at that can give them some thump. So I let's give him a crack at it. Let's see what he's got. I mean, this is what you did with Dexter Fowler. You you traded him away to open this opportunity up for Lane Thomas and O'Neill and Bader and Williams. And when he makes contact, it's loud. Even his outs last week have been loud outs. So. Hey, let's give him a shot. Let's see what he's got. This first month should be treated as a tryout, a true legitimate tryout for him, for Dean, for Nagowski. If you guys have an opportunity and you take advantage of it, run with it. I got no issues. Hey, they said today Bader probably won't be available till late April, early May. You got a month. So at at a minimum, at a minimum, you got this first month and run with it. If Justin Williams earns that opportunity in right field for the rest of the season, sorry, Harrison Bader. I know it stinks that it's an injury that did this to you, but you're going to play against lefties the rest of the year. And that's it. And and which is the direction I would have probably gone in anyway, because I didn't see adjustments against right-handed pitching in spring training, which I wanted to see. And then basically what you're doing there is you're platooning. It's not the same position, but you're platooning Justin Williams and Harrison Bader. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. And I'm the Harrison Bader guy. I I think part of why they kept Nagowski and Dean is that when you look at this bench and I said this on the crossover. So if, you're only carrying two catchers. It's not like it was last year, and you got this abundance of catchers. So Yachty's going to play a ton, as we saw. He played a day game after a night game on Sunday. <laughs> and he was great. <laughs> he's the, he was great. He's played like 75% of the innings or something down in spring training. It's ridiculous. But anyway, he had another caught stealing. I mean, he's, you know, it's typical Yachty. Yachty's going to be Yachty, and Yachty's going to play. Mm. So the thing is, your backup catcher, And I like Kisner's bat. I mean, I would love to see him have the availability to pinch hit. The Mm -hmm. problem is you're only carrying two. You got Yachty and him. So if Kisner is done by pinch hitting and doesn't stay in the game to go play first or somewhere else, which he's not, um, he's not going to play. So that's that's almost a guy on your bench that's gone to pinch hit. Matt Carpenter had one hit this spring. One. Now, there's some things that they look at and say, okay, we, we see this, we see that, we like it. I, fine, I, but we got to see results. He had one. So that's one left-handed bat off your bench, okay? 
Sosa is not going to be a guy that you would go, I want him to pinch hit. Now, he may be up there to bunt sometimes or do something like that, but he he's – so your pinch hitting options are the two guys that you're coming with you that are swinging the bat well and give you a chance for some power, walk into a home run, and that is John Nagowski. Doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but the other one is Dean. Dean came off the bench last week, pinch hit home run, they tied the game. Those your op. I mean, if you yep. if you're looking at who they're going to use, a lot of times in late inning situations, it's John Nagowski, it's Austin Dean. I really believe that. I think they'll give a, a, a couple shots for Carpenter, but it's not going to be against left-handed pitching against right-handers, and he's going to have to show something here. Going to have to show something. If they went into opening day, and Dan, we know how this works. You've got three more days here for baseball to negotiate whether or not they're going to have the DH. As of right oh, now, I wanted to bring that up. Yes, it's a no. Ahead. As of right now, we do not have a DH this season. Isn't it odd though? Let me let me just throw this in at you real okay. fast. Isn't it odd that the Cardinals seem to be one of the only teams using their pitchers hitting? Yeah. Now, is there something out and there that we, that we don't know? The DH. It was like, wait, what? Is there something going on here we don't know? I don't know. I think the, I've I, asked around and people are like, no, I, the pitcher's going to hit, but. Then again, they everybody said. Then again, they added the DH on the morning of, so we could see that again. And it just makes you wonder if something was going on that Major League Baseball just hadn't made it public yet. It it makes you wonder. I know last year they expanded the playoffs while a game was taking place in the first inning. So I I don't know, Dan. However, if they decided to implement the DH, who do you think would be the DH for the Cardinals on opening day? Because we've got Justin Williams in right field. I don't think that you're replacing him defensively. I think they go with Carpenter. Dean, really? I do. I think with a, against a right-handed pitcher, yeah, I think they'd go Carpenter. Hmm. They they've got to try to get something. They, they got to see what they have in them. They got to they got to try. This yeah. isn't now. This isn't August or September. This is opening day, and I think they would give a shot to Carpenter. I do. It's interesting because. I think, whether you like it or not, you're asking me a question. Yeah, so. no, it's it's a it's a fair response. And I think you're right. The The thing that's making me hesitant is I just wonder how they view this year for Carpenter, because if they're keeping him on the roster all year long, and that's fine. If that's what they want to do and they want to make the money work, I get it. He's a legacy player. I understand it. I can disagree with it. I get it. If that's their plan, then I don't think they should have him as the opening day DH. But you got to try to find out what you have in him. And one way to get him on track is to get him at bat. So th- it's not that you're out of the race by 10 games. You're, you're starting 0-0. So let's find out what you got. And then if it doesn't work, then you got to make some decisions. And that would be my mindset if I'm open to, let's see where this takes us with Carpenter. And I don't know if they that's are That's what I would not. do early. You know, know what I mean? Yeah. If, if I'm in August or September and I'm in a race and he hasn't performed, he doesn't play. But we're not. So we got to find out what we got in him. If, if he can get on track. And one way to do it is to play and to get at bats. So if there was a DH, I bet it would be Carpenter. The way I would handle it, or the way that I would prefer to see them handle it, is if he's going to be on the roster all year, guaranteed, then go with Nagowski or Dean as your DH on opening day. If he has to earn his spot throughout the season, then as you said, let's see him get those opportunities early. So at least then we know. While you're waiting for Harrison Bader to come back from his injury, let's find out. So that way we know what that roster spot's going to look like in May and June. Hey, but I'm with you as if I'm looking at coming out of spring and I'm saying, what's our best chance right now? You know, John Nagowski swinging a hot bat. So do I ride that out or do I say, hey, everybody's at zero. Look up. 
average slugging, walks, strikeouts, record, it's all at zero. And if we want to get the most out of Matt Carpenter, we got to find out. So maybe you do that on opening day. I'd love to find out. I'd love to see the DH implored. And I'm a traditionalist, but I watched it last year. And here's why I'm I'm saying that. I watched the hitters pitch. I'm sorry, the uh, pitchers hit this uh, spring. Holy smokes. (laughs) Turns out they're not very good at it. By the way, Zach Gallon got hurt because he was... Uh, running the bases, so I no 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 that was Kyle Hendricks. He almost got hurt. Zach Gallen was on the side swinging a bat, and it, and it hurt his forearm. Yeah. So, do we really want to put those guys in that position? No, I don't. I don't. They haven't swung a bat for a year and a half, and it's an automatic out. And next year we're going to this anyways. Like it, it is on the horizon. So. You either get one more season of doing it the old-fashioned way or we move on to the new way now. And that's kind of the way it goes. Let me let me say this, too, about Carpenter. I, my my leash would be really short on that if I'm giving him an opportunity. So, I look, games won in April and May mean a lot in August, September. I get it, but I'm just trying to look at it pragmatically that we're paying him a lot of money, and if we want to get him on track and get a hot streak out of him or get something out of him, Maybe you got to start from day one and see what you got, but it, it wouldn't be a be a short leash because he hasn't earned a long leash because of Absolutely. what happened in spring training. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Tanner, are we on? We're we're on. We're on live. Yes, sir. Why did you book this guy? Well, I guess we got to do it. Guess we got to do it, BK. Yeah, I mean, there's no backing out now. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. That's what I... We got Jim Hayes from Fox Sports Midwest, who is the best in town reporting on the St. Louis Cardinals. He's been working hard all offseason. He's been seeing the Zooms on the games. He's also one of my best friends. I'm fired up. We got Jimmy Hayes, the cat. Jimmy, what's going on? How are you? I'm a little hurt by that, Danny. I'm but, sorry. Uh... <laughs> I'm excited too. First I, off, Danny, I tried to make up off, for it by saying you're awesome. You know, right. I didn't know we were live. I think your listening audience knows that sometimes you tell lies, but it's okay. They're That's white right. lies. You know, okay. All let right. me say something, Danny. I'm excited because the games are for real starting Thursday. Uh, we will have the uh, the games on Fox Sports Midwest, but it will be Bally Sports coming up. We haven't officially made that transition. I think right now we're sort of in between. But I, I can't wait to work with you, Danny, and our crew and watch Cardinals baseball this year because I think the Cardinals are going to be really, really good. That might sound like rights holders talk, but uh, I think there's enough uh, there's enough good things going on with this ball club where I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot of strengths to this club. There's still some question marks, undoubtedly. Every club is doing that as they head north to their respective uh, cities to start this season and a full 162, which is great. And you can see the game, by the way. Pre-game will be an hour long, 2 o'clock on uh, Thursday, and then 3 o'clock with the play-by-play, the Cardinals and the Reds. Let, let's start with this. What excites you about this club? What are your concerns with the club? Okay, first off, I'm not an epidemiologist. In fact, I have trouble saying that word. Yes. But the fact that the Cardinals are are going to get the traveling crew vaccinated. Huge. Um, is really huge. They, apparently, they're getting the doses tonight. They, they could start putting uh, shots in arms for the team, which means that some of the, the scary stuff, some of the risk is mitigated right there. So that makes me happy because that, that's one of the things I think 
that it seems like there's less of a concern because of the vaccines going forward where suddenly you have to stop playing. You're in a hotel for, you know, four days throwing baseballs against a mattress. Hopefully that's out of the equation. I really like um, a lot with this ball club. The concerns, Danny, I would say, based on guys not being healthy, the starting rotation, Mo said today that KK, um, who's trying to build back up, will miss two, possibly three starts. Michaelis has a sore shoulder. He's trying to build himself back up too. Um, I, I, those are concerns with me. And also I would say the fact that, and it's no disrespect to, to Justin Williams, but a, a, another lefty bat somewhere in the mix. Like I, I was rooting for them to go out and get sort of a veteran proven lefty bat to be off the bench to pinch hit. And if the DH suddenly comes into play, they have that. But I'm, I would say overall, those are minor concerns, especially with the rotation. I think those guys will be back. And uh, I love the bullpen. I love the lineup. And they are putting a lot of faith in, in some young outfielders. But I, I think I think they'll be fine. Uh, obviously, Tyler O'Neill had a great spring. I think Dylan Carlson has shown that uh, uh, he can be the real deal. And we're going to see some other guys in right. But I, I think this ball club is going to be really, really good defensively. Obviously, that's still a strong suit for them. Um, the addition of Arenado makes the lineup, you know, so much better. Just one guy just changes the whole thing. So I'm excited about the season. Well, what do you, what do, you do with Carpenter? Uh, that's something that we were just talking about before heading to break. And I know a lot of fans look at one hit in spring training and you say, wow, what's going on with Matt Carpenter? Uh, BK said, hey, what if the DH is there on opening day? I said, I'd probably put him as the designated hitter because I, I have to find out what I've got in Matt Carpenter in April and May before I make decisions on maybe what needs to happen or what may happen. So what do you, what do you try to do to get him right? You think Jimmy, and where do you think he's at with how they figure out some playing time for him? Well, I mean, based on his track record and again, he's had a couple of seasons that had been really, really rough and just one hit in the spring in spring training. Um, John Mazalock was talking about Carpenter uh, today. on one of those zoom calls and he said, you know, the, the velocity off the bat is actually better than it was. Um, he said, but, you know, as Daddy says, you got to hit them where they ain't and where they are right now. That's right. Um, it, 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 you can look at Matt Carpenter, I think, if, even if you're not looking at velocity and just say he's, he's not the same guy. Something's not right. Does that mean he can't find it again? You know, I, I'm not so sure you're at that point, but I'm with you, Danny. If there's a DH, if there's an opportunity where you can see what you have with him, um, and, and, and on a short leash, obviously, and it's not one of those things where you're going to, and just see if you can get him going because, and it's not out of loyalty or because of a guy's big contract. I know fans like to say that to me, that's not, that's not what it's about. It's because this guy has been such a good hitter for so many years. If, if, and I know it's a stretch at this point, if he can find it again, he can really help your ball club, especially a team that needs a left-handed bat. Jim, I can't help myself. My first question has to be about the guy that made the back end of this roster that we were all watching with bated breath throughout the spring. That's John Nagowski. Uh, what have you seen from him this spring? And what was your reaction, whatever you found out for the first time that he had officially made this team? I love it. I love it. You know, I said that he got an opportunity and he wrapped himself around it like a boa constrictor. Like he was not giving that up. And I, I asked, uh, I asked Schilt about that today. And I said, it, it wasn't like he was given an opportunity. He created one. And Schilt said, look, based on, you know, where he plays defensive stuff, 
he was on the outside looking in. And, yeah, he, he busted the door open. I love it. He's a big guy. He's a power guy, and I'm sure he has pop. But his main thing is he doesn't strike out much, and he puts the ball in play. And I like that, you know, they, they cracked the door just a little bit for him, and he did bust it open. I think it's a great story. I'm excited to see him play. Schilt was asked, you know, if you got to put him in one of the corner outfield spots, are you guys comfortable with that? Schilt said, yes, obviously for a team that could use another bat, especially lower down in the order. I, I think he's, he's uh, exactly what they're looking for in terms of potential. Now he's got to do it at the major league level, but he certainly looked really, really good in spring. I liked everything about his game. Concerns at all on the back end of the rotation, Jim. When I, I like Flaherty, Wainwright. I think Carlos is going to be okay after what I saw in his last start against the Mets. His sinker was working. Now, all bets are off with that. We, it's been hit and miss at times with him. And then you have Daniel Ponce de Leon and John Gantt. So those are your four and five with Michaelis and Kim out. Any concerns for you with four and five in the rotation? Uh, uh, you know, I, I like... I like Gant as a starter. I like Gant in the bullpen. And let's be honest, when he's been given opportunities, he's been very, very good. I know it was a little up and down at spring training for Gant. Gant says, I want to be a starter. This is where I'd like my career to go in terms of direction. And I think he's made the most of it. And what we've seen from Ponce is he's got electric. Uh-oh, what look, happened look. to Jim? There he is. Okay, go ahead, Jimmy. You cut out there um, for a second. Well, I, I, that was What's probably you? you. That was probably you muting my phone. No, that but. was Tanner actually, because he he was getting oh, upset yeah. with you. Blame our producer. Tanner. Come on, you're Tanner. better than that. So you were you were He's going like, right I'm, into you were going right into Ponce though. Uh, Ponce has great stuff. Great stuff. The question is, can he throw strikes? Can he control it? Can he keep himself under control? He's shown flashes. I mean, last year at the tail end of the season when he got another opportunity, he did it. So, yes, I'm fine with those guys, but I'd rather have Michaelis back and, 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 and KK as well. But as a stopgap, I'm very comfortable with those guys. And you do have, excuse me, and you do have four off days in the month of April, which is something to think about. So they can probably bid, uh, bridge the gap a little bit until they get to KK. I wonder if they'll push KK a little bit. I, I don't know if he's going to miss three starts. I could see two. And then Michaelis is kind of the wild card in this thing, isn't he? Yeah, because I think he might need a little bit more time. Mo said uh, for KK, two starts, possibly three, as you said, Danny. Um, he he appears to be uh, closer, but I, I, you know they do have other options, and I, I'm pretty comfortable with those options going forward. I I think this ball club is going to score a lot more runs than they did last year. Uh, I think the defense is going to help that starting rotation. I was talking to Wainwright the other day, and he said too that you know the the defense that this ball club plays, and it's carried over from last year to spring training. Colton Wong, because I think Edmund will be fine at, at at second base. That really helps your starting staff, and I think they're going to be fine, even though two guys right now are not in the best of health. By the way, they said on the the Zoom call today. Um, that it will be Edmund as the backup center fielder, which means Carpenter could factor in or, or Sosa as well. Um, and then Tyler O'Neill, because uh, I think Mo was asked straight up if he felt like they were maybe a little understaffed at, at the center field position um, with, the, with the way the roster shakes out right now. And he said, no, Edmund would be the, the backup and center. That's interesting. Um, Jim, I did want to ask you about uh, Alex Reyes because we've spent so much time during this spring talking about his role, what it's going to be for this year, and what that means for his future. What do you think that is coming into the year? Is he your closer on opening day? 
I think they're going to maybe three guys in there that I'd be happy with closing the ball game. I, I think Gallego, so he didn't have a great spring, would be fine. I think Hicks can do it. He's shown that he's healthy, and Reyes as well. So I don't, I, I you know, for all I know, they might have two closers and and kind of mix it up. Uh, I like Reyes. I think his stuff is kind of equivalent to what it was when he was just the phenomenon and we got our first look at him. His stuff is as good as anyone in baseball. The question is, can he do it consistently based on his health track record? I, I think he's, you know, seen that they're putting 100 innings as a target for him, which means probably, at least for now, he's out of the bullpen. I'd be very comfortable with him closing. Hicks would be fine as well. But I'm so happy for for Reyes because his what he's been through with you know with all the injuries and the stuff with his focus and I just look at a guy with all the pitches he has and he throws 98 99 miles an hour looking like he's having a light toss I just love the way the ball comes out of his hands he's so much fun to watch and I think even though he's you know been through so much already I think he's just now scratching the surface in terms of potential he wants to be a starter but he understands that for now and the way the, the things shake out with the amount of innings he can pitch, he'll be in the bullpen. I think he'll take the ball and run with it. Jimmy, you, you get great stuff from the players. I see a day in, in a normal season. We get to the ballpark early. We're down in the clubhouse. We're visiting with Mike Schild. I'm curious uh, what you've been told about how you will be able to interact with the players. Is it all going to be done on Zoom this year? Does it lighten up after the All-Star break? What, what can fans that are tuned in on Bally Sports uh, expect on Thursday? Well, for the short term, it's uh, going to be Zooms, Danny. And, you know, I've, I've been working the phones pretty hard to make sure that we're going to have uh, some exclusive stuff with that. But listening to Mo talk and some of the conversations I've had with guys in the Cardinal front office, based on the fact that the players are going to be vaccinated, uh, at least a large percentage of them, may open things up not only for the Cardinals, for other teams in baseball too. The Cardinals will take their lead from MLB how they approach this, but I would not be surprised if there were some sort of setup. Um, if they get through safely and people are vaccinated and the, the numbers are, you know, steadily going down around the country that uh, could have some sort of setup where you could do one-on-one socially distance. That's what I'm hoping for. I think that's something that major league baseball is looking at. And, you know, for the zoom things, it's, it's great because you still get to hear from the players. And I think Cardinals PR has done a PR has done a great job with that. But I do think you lose that element of getting to know the players personally, and especially in the group Zooms where guys have masks on and, and players are, are looking at their computer screen and seeing like 30 people with masks. They can't hear that well. I, I don't think you get you know players at no. ease where they're comfortable showing their personality. Absolutely. Totally agree. Jim, I moved here in 2015, and I remember, I think it was a Royals game because I was watching intently on that one. It was Royals versus Cardinals, and it's an interview that I will never forget, and it was you doing it, and you were interviewing fans at the rooftop setup. I'm curious, are we going to be doing rooftop interviews with Jim Hayes again? Um, I, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember that particular interview. Oh, but he I, remembers. I think it went viral, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, I have a demo reel because, you know, as a, as a 58-year-old sideline reporter, <laughs> you always have to be ready. And uh, that's, at the, that's at the top of my demo reel because, let's face it, classic go-to-bat is something that has transcended Cardinal baseball but has gone not just in a – it's gone around the world. You know, I'm the classic go-to-bat guy. 
And so I'm very proud of that. I think my family's proud of that. Um, I have some memorabilia around my uh, living room to commemorate that interview. And as I recall, because Danny Mack is, you know, one of my good friends and also so supportive. Um, after I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to chance it here and go back in for one now, more. What, what was the exact worded uh, wording? You said, I'm going to dive back into the well one more time. What was it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Danny, it's not like I look at that highlight reel all the time. I wait till I need it. I understand. But I think I said, I said, I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to attempt fate. It. That's what I'm going to attempt fate. Go back in one more time. And when we're done, you know, I left that mic out there because he didn't want to say anything. I, I left that mic out there to make him say something like, you're on camera, buddy. You better talk. And he said, classic, go to bat. And, you know, some pride swelled up in my chest. And I... <laughs> it was one of the great moments in Cardinal history. I mean, you got Stan's 3,000th, you know, Gibby. Doing his thing, Wayno and Miata. Wayno's yeah, yeah. the complete game last year. I mean, it's going to go in lore, that's for sure. Well, I did. And BK, just so you know, okay, just so you know, like my my demo reel is basically just one giant blooper reel. <laughs> so I mean, we would expect like, nothing less. Like, yeah, don't think don't think for a second like that's the one time something crazy has happened. No, I've I've got I've, I've built a mediocre career out of that. Buddy. I just love that that was kind of my introduction to knowing what it's like to watch Jim Hayes every the night best. and it was wonderful. It, it really well, was fantastic. Well, now you know what regional cable <laughs> journalism is all about, sir. And I said I think the the line I used I said if if that doesn't sell tickets here to the rooftop, yeah. nothing. Always supportive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking I, forward to being able to see that again because we're going to have fans oh, this best. year. So hopefully we get some more interviews just like that. that. I agree. And, I, you know, to your point on a serious note, Jimmy, is that if we're to sell this game and sell it the best that we can, it the best way to sell it is that the fans want to hear from the players. Yep. The game is about the players. So we want to know about their personalities. We want to know what they do in the offseason. We want to know something different about, hey, what were you thinking on a 2-1 pitch? And the only way to do that is not on a Zoom. It's to be in person and talking. And if you want the insight from Mike Schilt, Mike Maddox, and Jeff Albert and those kind of things, a lot of that is done when you're in person. And and I hope that we get back to that. And I hope Major League Baseball realizes that. And, you know, too, a lot of it from a reporter standpoint is just going in the clubhouse without the camera focused on that's the right. player and just talking to them. And that's, that, you know, to me, that that's become a lost art because of I want you guys to know, and I'll say this on, uh, on 101, and I'll stand by it all season. If, if, if you want to know whether or not Adam Wainwright likes blue cheese on his wings, I'm your guy, and Absolutely. I'll always be that guy. And that's for, that's for the fans. It's, it's really all about the fans, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so Thursday, we started two, and you'll be rocking and rolling, and away we go, right? Well, yeah, we got, uh, let's see, we're, we're going to have a uh, one-on-one with Jack Flaherty. I think uh, we're going to get Justin Williams, a couple of features there. We're, look, it's a celebration because baseball is getting close to normal, closer to normal, should I say. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're headed in a good direction, and baseball is a big part of that. There's no doubt. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to see your work and be back together on Thursday, and thanks for coming on. Jimmy may have cut out there, or or maybe he's just done with me. Could be. <laughs> yeah, had enough. Might have been the latter. Um, by the way, opening day in many ways, and, and we start out on the road, and so we will have fans in the stands at the Great American Ballpark, 32% capacity in St. Louis, and a lot of, in my mind, to his point, you know, opening day in St. Louis is a celebration. It's like a local holiday. It's a, it's a big deal, and a big part of that is the Clydesdales and the Hall of Famers. 
you're going to see some of that. There, there's going to be the motorcade, uh, my understanding. They're, they're still working out, trying to get the Clydesdales down there. They're going to be, whether it's uh, baseball Hall of Famers or Red Jacket, Cardinal Hall of Famers, there's going to be some in attendance. Awesome. So you're going to have that feel of that baseball is back, which is is great. Let's get back to some type of normalcy. The other thing is, Dan, I mean, there's, there's some guys on this roster that have never experienced right. a Cardinals opening day. I mean, you look at, I mean, Tommy Edmond has actually never experienced a true Cardinals opening day because he would have been he started out late in the year in 2019 and then last year he didn't get one and so this would be his first uh Nolan Arenado this would be his first Dylan Carlson's first Justin Williams first John Nagowski I mean there's quite a few guys that have never experienced this year in St. Louis and as you said it it is a special thing as somebody who is from out of town it is it is unlike anything that I have ever been a part of. It's it's not this way elsewhere in oh, a lot no. of other places across the America. A lot of places. What it is is uh, someone going down on the field and welcome to the season, everybody. Glad you're here. Okay, let's meet the uh, the Cardinals. Let's meet Team X. All right, first pitch is honorary next. Honorary first pitch, and then boom, away we go. That's right. You know what would be a cool honorary first pitch if they allow it to happen? I think this would be cool if they could do this. Like a Scott roll into uh, Nolan Arenado. You know, welcome both guys in. Or something with Yachty and Wayno again. Now, well, you will get the first pitch from those two as Wayno is supposed to make the home opener. But last year, it just didn't seem quite right. Um, and uh, look, we understand why. But last year, the Cardinals, their first game at home, it was just kind of introducing the play. And that... We really miss that. And, you know, to me, that's the celebration of Cardinal baseball. So looking forward to getting back to some normalcy. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac Show on a Monday, and uh, we'll be with you leading into the opener on Thursday. I'll be on the morning show, and then we'll have our show. And, Take you up until the opener as the Cardinals take on the Reds and the season is here. Does it? Does, do you get like more? I'm curious if fans are more excited waking up today, realizing spring training's over, roster set, let's go, Let, let's start playing, and we got a full 162. Oh, sure, of course, and I think that there's some excitement as well about at least for me, Dan. I, I know that I'm the guy that has been all in on John Nagowski since the beginning, but I do think it is noteworthy that the Cardinals said going into the spring that this will be a competition and we are promoting competition within this club and that spring training mattered for a lot of the guys going into the season. And it ended up based on their roster decisions. It was their actions, not their words that told me this. There was real competition in the spring this year. And that is not always the case, not just for the Cardinals, but for other teams. And I think they do deserve a little bit of credit for that, that they promoted it. And then they actually followed through and their decisions were based on that. Well, I'll say this. You need probably 33 to 35 guys, maybe more so this year than ever because of a truncated season. We don't know how pitching will look midway or say three fourths through the season. Guys running out of gas, that kind of thing. You're going to need a lot of guys. So how you open up the season. Yeah, we put a lot of stock into that and look at that and how the roster is set. And it's a great moment for a John Nagowski that earned his way onto this team. But then you have to perform. And that's for everybody. Uh, now, they're not going to release certain guys. But I, what I'm, my point is, is that, you know, Lane Thomas goes down, gets on fire, and all of a sudden shows what they were looking for in spring training. Easily could see him back up. Cody Whitley, some changes, guys get healthy, or bullpen guys don't perform. Easily could see him back up. So the, the point is, is that 
yeah, this is your opening 26, but you're going to see a lot of roster manipulation, I think, throughout the season. Yeah, and for Lane Thomas in particular, this is a setback for him. It's a pretty big setback, in fact, because this was supposed to be the year that he took this team by storm. He had an opportunity going into camp to win the left field job. Well, he lost that almost immediately with the way that Tyler O'Neill was playing because he was behind him and O'Neill was great. And so, okay, maybe you shipped him over to center field. Maybe now you are competing against Harrison Bader. Well, Bader gets hurt. That spot should be open there. It opens the door for Thomas to run with it. He didn't. In fact, he was so poor in spring training that they moved Carlson from his spot in right to center. And that was my first indicator. Ooh, there's something going on here with oh, Lane yeah. Thomas. And then he's competing for right field opportunities. He lost that. He lost the fourth outfield job to Austin Dean. This is a real setback for him, and I'm very interested to see how he responds because there are times that you see something like this, adversity like this, end up being the jumping off point for a guy like Lane Thomas. Maybe he uses this, it fuels him, he is fantastic down at the alternate site camp, and he ends up making the roster in early May, mid-May, and he runs with it and he's great. That's possible, but he needs to respond like that because this is really disappointing for him. What do you guys have coming up on your show? Yeah, looking forward to it today, Dan. We've got Zachary Silver of Cardinals.com joining us coming up at 11.15. Mike Claiborne at noon. Plenty of Cardinals and Blues throughout the day, but we got to start by celebrating the news, the great news that John Nagowski has officially made this roster. Boy, you you are all, I mean, you are like a family member with John Nagowski. I would consider him to be almost uh, as a brother to me so yeah I'm, I'm living vicariously through him right now I told the story um on the crossover I texted with John yesterday I said congratulations you you know not only is it great to see on opening day but you earned it and he said thanks so much thanks for the support now let's go win a title that's what fans want to hear I mean, oh, yeah, you, you, you hear that you love it so congratulations to John Nagowski you've been listening to Danny Mac show with BK the podcast powered by I promise This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.